Well, hello, everybody. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Oh, hey, everybody. We've got lots of the LGBTQ news and nonsense to get to a little later. ACM Awards, Jerry Falwell Jr., Joe Exotic, a Mormon sex therapist, anti-trans bills, 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 Kellogg's Pride, Harold Saws, and more. But let's kick it off with the news that we just got a few hours ago. Yeah, amazing news. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Uh, justice for George Floyd. It's uh, really emotional for me. I don't know about you. It was just like when that, when they just kept coming in with those, uh, you know, first of all, it was such a wait. Emerson and I were actually together when uh, the, the alerts came on. We turned on CNN and then realized it was another hour. So um, anyway, what? how are y'all feeling? How's everybody feeling? So talking about the, of course, the three, all three guilty verdicts of former police officer Derek Chauvin, who murdered George Floyd last year and kicked off an aggressive national conversation. Um, I was surprised at my own relief at the mm -hmm. verdict. And I feel like that tells us something, right? Because thanks to Darnella Frazier, the 17 year old girl who videotaped the entire thing, we saw cut and dried what happened here. And so for there to be a sense of relief or uh, that there was an expectation it might not go this way demonstrates how the system is broken, how racism exists in the systems, how black people feel about the systems. You know what I mean? Like that it succeeded demonstrates the myriad problems that exist. Right? <laughs> How many things, how many incidents have happened since George Floyd? They keep yeah. happening. And so hopefully this is the beginning of so much awareness, so much reform with the police departments that, uh, you know, and yes, I, I, I'm on Twitter and I go, well, there are some good cops. Well, of course there are good pops. No, cops. Nobody is saying that. We are just, we, we're acknowledging the systemic racism in this country, especially by policemen, that has been going on for many, many decades. And finally, finally, the conversation has just reached a boiling point where uh, hopefully most are listening. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, there is the Joyd Floyd and Policing Act that's being held up to address policing issues. But it's like, this is one instance, you know, one victory does not a change make. Like, this is not a yay, we get to feel good because the system worked the way it's supposed That's to. Right. The fact that, that this, you know, this isn't justice. Justice is George Floyd being alive. It's Gianna Floyd having her father exist in the world. He's not a martyr. He is not a representation. He is not a, a flag to be waved for justice. He's a man that should be alive. And That's policing right. in our country is broken when it, black people in our country don't trust the institution from the ground up. You know, but this one victory doesn't change anything about your local police department, about the concept of policing nationally. We cannot say, oh, good, it did what it was supposed to and sit back. If anything, that has to drive us forward uh, to push for further accountability. Because I keep thinking her one camera that caught the whole thing in a way their body cameras didn't. If that she as a bystander hadn't been there, I don't think we would be, this would be the result today. Right. So would not have gotten us here. Right. right. It was, yeah, um, it was uh, 
it was needed and it was important, but it was uh, it was devastating. I mean, watching it over and over again, it was just devastating. Yeah. So um, I, I I did love to finally see you know to, it makes me emotional because his family was on television and to see the joy and the lilt in their voices that there was justice for him to hear our president call his family and talk to them and um, you know. That was it was such uh, such a such a such a beam of, of light at the end of this very very dark tunnel that we've been watching and and observing for the past year. It's been almost a year. Yeah, as Jig said, when they let him out in handcuffs, I cried. Not really justice, but something. Mm -hmm. John says it was guilty as far as I was concerned on the day it happened. Jack says he should never get out of prison. Rob says, yes, it's very emotional for me. And Rich says, I'm so thankful she was there to record it. Uh, David says, I wish he would have taken off his mask for the verdict. It was very interesting, you know, watching him. I'm sure he was told by his attorneys, whatever way it goes, don't react. But that shifting in his eyes back and forth, I'm laying my perception on it, but certainly looked like he couldn't believe that this was the result. It looked like, it looked like he was shocked. He, he was not expecting it. Well, because there's part of me that has to think, with this video, this video of the entire episode that we've all seen, that you wouldn't try to plead down for something else. Yeah. It's a belief on his part that the system will protect him as a white man, as a police officer, you know, there are carve outs that shouldn't exist from the Supreme Court for police in trials that, that he really, I don't think he believed there was any way. I don't know the result. I don't need and, and that should be reversed. Black people should be able to trust whatever systems we put in place. And the person who has done wrong should be the one afraid of the result, not the other way around. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, it, it, it was, I, I'm, I wasn't sure either. I mean, you know, I mean, I honestly, and I, every single person that I was texting, I said, the verdict is coming in, you know, because I have a core bunch of friends who have really been following this. Um, I don't think any of them trusted that our system was going to work. I mean, we all sat through Rodney King. We all sat through so many over and over and over again. And it's very, very rare that a yeah. cop convicted. Well, and as John says, Louisville, we have no justice for Rihanna yet. Right. Of course, Rihanna Taylor. You think about Eric Garner. Uh, you think about how many people, like this is, it took a year. Like because of the pandemic, the world was stopped and across the country, masses of people went out to keep attention on this. Up in, you know, in the Northwest they, for, for months, in New York City for months, it took all of that to ensure justice in this one very cut and dried case. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching CNN right afterwards and Van Jones was talking about how uh, for the first time uh, white people joined in this and he said there were 20 million, 20 million white people who, and he said, he said they were marching in Idaho and there aren't any black people there. <laughs> so, um, so, so it, it was uh, a, a lot of people came out and, and, and came together and mm -hmm. stay together through this whole thing. And I felt like that that was a good thing. It 
Absolutely. But and that's what it, we have to continue, you know, driving forward as white people. We have to keep showing up. We have to really have an honest conversation about the concept of policing in America and who it works for, who it benefits. Because like even today, you look, you know, there's giant police helicopters in lots of cities for tonight that's out to protect like the buildings and things from people celebrating. Like we have to really think about what our police do. And is that an institution that's benefiting? the marginalized, the, the minority communities, if they're always afraid of the institution, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, people are saying, you know, y'all, of course we're live. Those of you listening back on iTunes and Pandora, you know, because we are at four o'clock Pacific on Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, Biden and uh, Kamala are actually, I can see him on the TV in the background speaking, but it's really the biggest piece of this for those of us not related to this, those of us that aren't black people, Check on your black friends, however they react, want to celebrate, grieve, mourn, whatever today. But the rest of us have to keep showing up in this conversation to ensure uh, the work gets done. But our president and vice president are speaking words as we speak. I should have recorded it. I know. Well, it's like I'm sure we'll get to see uh, the highlights. And at least we have an administration fully acknowledging that there is a problem here uh, to be addressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, all right. Well, in the rest of what we do here, and it, it, and it's important for us, you know, to keep addressing these other issues because they're Black LGBTQ people, you know, people in our community that are part of that community, and as a community fighting for rights, showing up for other communities is incumbent upon us. Uh, so we'll keep talking about this stuff, but we'll travel on in the news uh, of the LGBTQ world a little bit too. Um, Oh, can we talk about a fun one for a moment? Sure. Uh, Sunday night were the Academy of Country Music Awards. And of course, our dear friend, Leslie Jordan, got to make a special appearance. Yes, he did. Cute little outfit. Uh-huh. He got to make a good little joke. He said, I'm Portable Wagner. Yes, and he presented the best duo of the year. Yes. Um. I forgot, who, I forgot who won. I was going, who won? Uh, Dan, um, and Shay. Oh, Dan and Shay. Dan and Shay won. I like them. Uh, I also, the it was fun too, TJ Osborne performing with the Osborne brothers since he came out uh, not too long ago. It was fun to see those boys tearing it up on the stage. Yeah, twice. Community. Performed twice. The, um, and then my favorite moment of the evening, Carrie Underwood and CeCe Winans singing hymns together. Y'all, it's been more than a minute since I darkened the doorways of a church for um, uh, pastoral care, so to speak. But I went to church like I have not been to church in so long. I was literally sitting on my sofa. Cece sang and I'm waving at the TV. And then when Carrie started that How Great Thou Art, I just burst into tears. Emerson, I accepted Jesus as my personal savior again, just for, just for, you know, just for the end of that medley. Just for the end of that medley, and then it was gone. Now the que- now my question is, I'm surprised he offered it to you again for you to accept. Well, I, he's always there knocking at your door at the heart's door, which I just always found very disturbing to visualize 
once what, I now, saw art and helped class. Were, um, now, were you one of those people at every revival, every big, you know, getting your punch card, like a subway card for Christianity, nine salvations and the 10th one is free, rededicating? My, was, I was not a big rededicating to the life. You know, Leslie Jordan says he was baptized 14 times, which I think he's probably stretching it at least 10. Uh, but um, but I was not. No, I was not that. I. I think I maybe, maybe accepted Jesus when I was eight, and then I maybe rededicated my life once. Uh, That's good. Uh, we went to the beach on Sunday, you know, now that we've got that second vax, found a little cove up that we love. We watched somebody get baptized in the ocean. Is that right? Yeah, and I was worried because the waves weren't that high, and they were only up, like, knee high, and, like, trying to do it right as the wave crashed, and I was like, you might drown her if you're not careful. Yeah, you're going to hit a rock, have a subdural hematoma. Watch also, it. Salt water, salt water up your nose. That just burns. It's not, not, not pleasant. I just, uh, for do some Do it in that glass, wait, do it in that glass, you know, that glass partition in the church. Like it's so nice, that nice that bowl. Tub. It's like in a big old fish bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I always felt like that they should just keep it full and put a bunch of koi in it while they weren't, you know. <laughs> Ours was full all the time. Really? That's nasty. Yeah. That is nasty. Like, when was this clean? That is very unsanitary. I don't like that. Uh, I did remember one thing because I, you know, it, it's like you start talking about the church and you get these uh, visuals of. I remember my mother used to, because you, know, you know, Matthew, uh, Matthew 7 5 says, uh, Judge not lest you be not judged. But my mother was very judgmental of those people who <laughs> dedicated their lives. That she, I remember her saying about this one heathen, well, you have to dedicate your life before you rededicate it. <laughs> I mean, so that was on the car ride home. That's fair. You know, it's, I've t I don't think I've told this story like really publicly in, the, in our many, many journeys with sissies and whatnot, but I'm feeling all vulnerable, like crying at hymns. Uh, I remember being in eighth grade at like summer church camp for the week. And you do those, you do stuff all day and games. And then you have your big worship service at night and there's a speaker. And they did that thing. Did you have this where they said to you, and it was the same phrase every time, turn to your neighbor and ask them, do you know that you know that you know? Always three. Do you know that you know that you know? If you died tonight, you would go to heaven to be with your Lord and Savior. And I remember being 14 years old, having accepted Jesus as my Savior at seven years old, and standing in that moment and just sort of sobbing out of the genuine thing of, I believe all of this and I think all of this, but I don't know. And just being so traumatized. Ask me. Ask me right now. Del Shores, yeah. you know that you know that you know. If you no. died tonight, you would go to heaven to be with your Lord and Savior? No, 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 I don't, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to get you a punch card and I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to make this a new segment on the show, everybody. And once a week, I'm going to ask Del Shores, does he know that he knows that he you knows? You know, uh, on Sunday night, right as she said, then sings my song. That's when I thought I knew just then, but it all went away. I tell you what, though, for all the like nonsense and whatever, those melodies, those harmonies, that music that I was, it was like the first music that ever really spoke to me still does. And I just don't question and I let it be my worship. However, you know, I'm not going to think too hard about it. I drove to your house this morning listening to Carrie Underwood's hymn album. Well, you know, my daughters, uh, their, their hymn, their hymn limit, the limitations of their hymn knowledge 
is from Southern Baptist Sissy. So when Rebecca and I were watching together, when she started singing the old rugged cross, Rebecca's, yes, yeah, uh -huh. she knew that one. Softly uh, and Tenderly is on the new album. Oh, oh. One of your faves. Calling for you and for, come home. Come home. Come oh, home. All right, well, let's get on to stories. You, I get this first one I knew would be fun for you. Well, you know, Jerry Falwell, who has blocked me on Twitter, is back in the news. I, I thank you so much for sharing this with me, uh, Emerson. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to keep up with him. I know. Uh, Liberty University has served Jerry Falwell with a 74-page civil lawsuit. That's a lot of pages. It's about Becky and that pool boy. The lawsuit claims that Giancarlo Granda has an entire cachet of compromising photos and communications. The lawsuit states Falwell had a fiduciary duty to disclose Granada's, uh, Granda's uh, extortive actions and to disclose the potential for serious harm to liberty. But that instead, he furthered the conspiracy of silence and negotiated a 2019 employment agreement that contained a higher salary from Liberty. Then the lawsuit goes, uh, it goes ahead and it argues that Falwell and Granda's actions have injured Liberty's enrollment. They've hurt their fundraising. Mm. They've disrupted their faculty. Oh. They wanted Liberty's enrollment to be bigger. It's not, it's lower. There's $10 million in damages and it, they wanted it tripled to $30 million. So which state laws permit. So they're going to go after that motherfucker for $30 million. Um, it doesn't say motherfucker in the lawsuit. Uh, Falwell tweeted, which of course I did not get to see because he has blocked me. Correct. Said, the university I built has simply gone off the rails. Sad, without leadership, the people perish. He also tweeted that he and his wife were banned from campus, threatened with arrest, and his son was told he was being fired. Bye-bye, assholes. I love the petty of you knew you were being maybe blackmailed and you didn't tell us and negotiated your salary and we're gonna sue you for $10 million, try to get it tripled. And we're going to ban you from the campus where your parents are buried. And uh, yes, where big old triple chin Jerry Sr. is buried. He can't visit his daddy's grave. And that is hilarious. Oh, goodness. You know, he doesn't want to. He He's not a glutton. Jerry Falwell Sr. was a glutton. I just want to say it. He was a glutton. That's Rich Kevin said, do you think Falwell knows that he knows that he knows? Y'all. You believe in a heaven, he will not be there. He will not be there. He will be with Derek Chauvin. I try, um, I'm try, I've been trying to be a better person the last year and a half. I, I know it. That's why this show works so well. <laughs> we're the same. What's the point? I can talk to myself. Yeah. Um, but he is one of the glorious ex exclusions from that for me because you have done so much harm and so much hate in the name of a faith. Uh, so I'm thrilled for every time. Oh, oh, I just want him. And you know, when, you know what, a great, great little, uh, uh, what's it called? Duplex in hell would be Jerry Falwell and, uh, and Franklin Graham Jr. All of oh, them. I hope so. Yes. Put make him junior. I'm sorry. He's not just Franklin Graham. Just right. put them, round them up. Yes. That old Paula White too. Put her in there. All right. Up next, in fun news, 
They are still working on those Tiger King limited series. Can y'all believe that Tiger King was just over a year ago and not in 1974? Uh, well, it has been announced that in the Kate McKinnon version, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, creator and star John Cameron Mitchell will be playing Joe Exotic. He said, I'm thrilled to take on the role of this modern folk anti-hero. Joe and I are the same age and like him, I grew up queer in Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. So I feel like I know a little bit about this guy and his desperate attempt to conquer an inhospitable world. That's just perfect. And he's uh, bonkersly creative. And I absolutely will look forward to watching what he does with that with Kate as Carol Baskin. I'm not going to watch that other one with Nicolas Cage. I'm done with him. Uh-uh. So um, we've got uh, news where a bi teacher has come out, Anna Dietrich, who uses she and they pronouns, is a student teacher studying at the University of Michigan, completing their internship at a high school and sharing coming out with their class. They tweeted, when students asked me today if I had a husband, I answered that I am a bisexual person, do not have a husband or a wife yet. I envy the teachers who don't have to hide their identity in class. She added, I got three calls from three parents that were unhappy. I did, however, get one email that made it all worthwhile. And this was the email. It was from a student that said, I really love your class. In my other classes, I'm not comfortable sharing my sexuality or pronouns. And it really gets to me when people use my pronoun wrong and try to say my sexuality without even knowing it. And in your class, I already feel comfortable with who I am, which for me isn't normal. So thank you so, so, so much. She said in an interview, often school is the only chance they get to see where you can make a change. That's the first place that they see there's some difference in the world between their experience and other people's experiences. So what a beautiful reward. To get that I, I love that so much thinking about, you know, and her talking about how school is often the first place uh, kids from bigoted homes or kids uh, with not involved parents. The first time they get a perspective other than the household they've been raised in. And they, as a teacher, are setting that example just by answering the question honestly and and, and, and identifying openly as themselves. Like how impressive and also thinking about their journey through learning to be a teacher uh, and encountering this. What a great job they will do as a teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good, good story. Stay sweet and those sweet kids and having a kid. So you being seen makes me feel comfortable. All it's, those well, I think back to my teachers, the, you know, the handful, you have so many and there's always a handful that stick out and this student will remember this teacher forever. You know, I shared with you Emerson, a letter I got from one of my students is, just recently about our movie, Southern Baptist Sissies, how it changed her life, uh, being able to, to, to connect and relate to it and feeling so alone. And um, it, was, it was just so great to see how I've, I've just grabbed my power. And I know yeah. there's another world for me out there. And uh, you can just have a little bit of influence. And um, you're right, I wish I'd had that teacher. Yeah. As Summer says, if everyone isn't welcome in your classroom, you shouldn't be a teacher. Amen, Summer. Amen, Amen. Summer. I love your picture, Summer. I appreciate that testimony. Yes. Amen. Testimony and song. Up next, this story, I'm, I'm going to try to do this quickly so everyone can understand, but I like got really deep in this. Uh, crap, I thought I had some photo. Uh, I'll see if I can find it in a second. 
there is a Mormon sex therapist. And I say that because there are actually very few of them because of the nature of the beliefs of the church. And I want to introduce you to her because she's doing amazing work. This right here is Natasha Helfer, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified sex therapist, member of the Mormon church. She advocates for sexual health in marginalized populations, including LGBT plus people, religious minorities, and women. Well, over the weekend, she was summoned to a Mormon membership council, which is a disciplinary meeting with a church member who's been accused of doing something wrong. Stephen Daly it was the head of the stake, which is a group of congregations that she was a member of that told her in a letter the church had specifically taken issue with her support for same-sex marriage, her view that masturbation is a normal part of sexual development rather than a sin, and that she's been discussing pornography from a values model rather than an addiction model. It also accused her of being critical of church leaders and encouraging people to leave the church. So because this sex therapist is using science, a normal discussion about basic human sexuality called before the church. She posted a video on Facebook that I watched, and you can find it if you search her. It's Natasha Helfer, H-E-L-F-E-R, it's public, and talked about her 25 years of experience as a therapist. And she says something that applies to so many religious uh, communities. She says, inappropriate sexual shame harms people. Mm. Churches and religious communities reject sexual health Principles supported by decades of research and science, the community suffers, and this has tragic and violent ramifications. Violence is either turned inward, self-loathing, substance abuse, mental disorder symptoms, and suicide is just some examples, or turned outward, discrimination, harassment, sex crimes, and hate crimes. I have felt compelled to speak to these issues. I do not believe that educating and speaking publicly about how our communities are being harmed could be helped is critical. I actually see it as my ethical responsibility. Well, the big meeting was on Sunday and I read through all of her Facebook posts afterwards and she posted one and said, they treated us like common criminals. They wouldn't even let my witnesses use the bathroom. Then she posted, they accuse me of apostasy. I accuse them of spiritual malpractice. Woo. I'm assuming she's gonna be leaving that Mormon church. Uh, well, it's in, and they may not be giving her a choice. And it was really interesting. It's a thing we've seen across various denominations. Um, but she is a Mormon. She believes in the church's teaching. She also believes in scientific approaches to sexuality and healthcare related to sexuality and healthy sexual enjoyment. Like to the idea, like the basic concept that masturbation is not a sin. Like, I feel like that exists so many places. You know, I definitely grew up in a world where like basic discussion of healthy sexual interaction was not a part of that religious community teaching. No. You know, it's like abstinence or nothing. Sex is only for procreation, like not acknowledging the way the body works. I mean, I knew how all the pieces fit, but you know what I mean? That it was like anything else, shame, terrible. I was once told, hold your penis in one hand and the Bible in the other, and you won't have the urge to do that anymore. It did not go the way they thought. Because I'm saying you probably hold the Bible in one hand and your penis in the other. And as long as you've lubed up first, you're just, you're going to be fine. Exactly. You flip to that Jonathan and David section and off you go. 
Or, you know, if you're straight, the Song of Solomon. Very yeah. hard. Plenty. Very hard. Plenty of mental pictures. Uh, but in all serious, like, I thought it was amazing that in the face, that she's one of the only people doing this work, and in the face of uh, reactionary people, because she even said, I'm hoping it's just this one guy, that the church itself will override all of this, that she still wants to be a part of her community and still do great work for people in her community. She opposes all that celibacy bullshit, conversion therapy for opposite, what is it they call mixed orientation marriages, like when a gay man marries a straight woman and they know, but it, they're doing it because it's they're, what they're called to. She just seems awesome. So I hope it works out for Natasha. I do too. I do too. And I her a little bit. I know? wish her well. I wish her well. I'll keep following because I really am fast. I spent like an I lost an hour of my day yesterday watching videos and reading her entire Facebook history. So, but I just think those people doing the work inside the church that we've talked about, it's so important. Yeah. You can change the community from inside and really applaud her. Until uh, they kick you out. And then exactly. you, and then you challenge it. That's you. right. From the inside, from the outside, wherever. Um well, look, we got right back on track. Here we are at the halfway point of our show. If you enjoy what we do here on the Dylan Everson Show, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening at, on iTunes or Amazon or Alexa or Google later, Spotify, hello. Uh, but if you want to send us a tip because you enjoy the work we put in for this, you can do that on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at Gmail. Dot com. It's in the ticker below. No expectation or obligation. Your contributions are appreciated. And as always, if you can't contribute financially, wherever you listen to us elsewhere, even if you're always live, go find us on iTunes. Write us a review. We're up to five now and 10 ratings. Woo! Uh, we do appreciate that. It helps with the algorithm and all that nonsense of other people finding us. It's like Yelp, y'all. It's like Yelp. Just don't give us a one. Don't give us a don't don't make our stars drop down. That's right. Wait, um, hold on. No, but Erica said I had two sex ed classes at church, with the second one even telling how to be safe, including LGBT. Masturbation was also taught. Like also is it concept or how to do it? I Erica, think I need to know. Was it like all right, you boys, take a banana? Uh, we're gonna talk about technique. Now, if you want to feel like it's a stranger, turn your hand upside down or switch arms. Well, I've never thought of that. You know, if you ever just get bored of the usual, if you want to feel like, oh, it's something different, tried something different, as Willa Dean Winkler said. Yes. All right. Well, onward. We there, There's some uh, sad, tragic news. It's every week there's, there's some sad trans news, and this time it's out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Recently, two black trans women were murdered at two different hotels within two weeks, but two men have been arrested and charged with those murders. There is evidence that Joel Brewer and Dontarius Long went to and left the hotels together. The FBI is looking into hate crimes. Jada Peterson and Remy Fennell are at least the 14th and the 15th trans non-binary are gender non-conforming people to die by violence in the U.S. this year. Jada Peterson was memorialized at a vigil in a Charlotte Park childhood friend to Wanda Barnett, said this was my first best friend and the first person I could ever talk to. And she was always smiling and she was always making jokes. Peterson's mother, Mary, simply said, my heart is breaking. A vigil and balloon release for Remy Fresnel was held Saturday in a park where she and her sisters used to play. Her mother, Michelle Creedle, 
said, I love you, baby, as she released the balloons in the air. And Remy's aunt, Chantra Jones, said she was a beautiful soul and very talented with hair. Her sisters want to complete her dream in opening a salon. Oh. I know. And they were worried because they because of that, you know, that there was some sort of uh, serial killer or somebody specifically targeting uh, trans women of color because they were both killed in hotel or motels and they'd put out word across the community until they arrested these two guys. So, you know, with all of the challenges trans women of color already face to, to be in specific fear uh, during this time. And so sending love to their communities and their families. Yes, absolutely. And updates, the bills, bills, bills updates because y'all the anti-trans bills are continuing to come fast and furious. We want to keep you at least informed of the overview so you can be engaged in the ones in your state. And if there aren't any in yours, the neighboring states. Out of Florida, last week passed a, a bill to blanket ban trans athletes playing girls and women's sports teams. It would allow a school or competitor to lodge a complaint. The horrifying result of the quote dispute would require the school or organization to confirm the student's quote biological sex through a health examination and consent form signed by the student's personal health care provider to verify their reproductive anatomy, genetic makeup, or the student's normal endogenously produced testosterone levels. Y'all, it's a genital check bill. Like that it is one of the most extreme and invasive. Like if you just dispute someone's gender identity in the competition, that person has to get a letter from their doctor confirming their genitals. The degree of disgusting invasiveness of that. Um, and then in Tennessee, uh, with a, a number of bills, they already passed their sports ban and they've got a bunch more coming up. Jennifer Pritzker, though, family started the Hyatt Hotels groups, the world's first trans billionaire, that it seems. She's attacking anti-trans laws there, of course, concerned over the, what she says, impacts they will have on Tennessee's reputation and ultimately economic well-being as businesses and tourists turn elsewhere. And giant companies have come out against the discriminatory bills. Uh, Dell, Pilot, Mars Pet Care, Spotify, Apple, Big Country Music, Curb Records, Big Machine, Third Man Records, Americana Music Association, Sony Music, Warner Music, have all denounced the bills. So big organizations, at least, swinging against uh, whether, I don't care why, right? If they want to protect business and tourism and the economy, great. Whatever reason, big, loud, influential protests uh, matter. Because what happens is, like in Air, uh, Arkansas, excuse me, in the two weeks since the legislature passed their anti-trans health care bill over the veto of Governor Hutchison, at least four trans teens at one clinic have reportedly attempted suicide. Dr. Michelle Hutchinson there said, my families are in a state of panic, asking what state they should move to, saying their child is threatened to kill themselves. They want to know what they should do next, and we don't have a clear answer for them. And then today, the Texas House Education Committee is hearing testimony on its anti-trans student athlete ban. So it is really marching forward to so many places so fast. Check your state. Check the upcoming bill docket. Check the testimonies. The earlier we can stop them in the process, the more we protect our, our trans young people and young adults and community at large uh, from the impact of these bills going into effect. And you know what's really interesting to me about this, Emerson, is that all these fucking Republicans, the ones that are 
that are, are promoting and, and, and instigating and, and authoring these bills, they're all goes, we're protecting our daughters. We're protecting our, you know, but no, what they're doing is they are causing harm. They are causing, I, I just, I, I tweet them all the time. I go, blood is on your hands because yes, this is what, this is what causes suicide. I mean, look at Arkansas. That's what's happening already. And can you imagine having a trans child? And I mean, we saw the little, the little girl in Texas speak before the Congress there and, and, and to have that fear that I'm, I, I, and then, and then we can't live here. We can't live here or, or, or we will be arrested. We have to find another state to go to. We have to relocate. It's yeah. just despicable. Yeah. Because you think about our, so many of our parents, right, who learned so much with our coming out processes and also think of the parents of trans young people being overwhelmed and trying to learn as quickly as possible and trying to make sure they find a knowledgeable healthcare provider and someone who can support uh, their child correctly. Uh, and then be told that they can't access that at all and you need to uproot your entire life to begin to go somewhere uh, where you can even get access to it, much less ensure that it's qualified um, and knowledgeable in every aspect of it. The, the number of ways in which it's just making it, it harder for trans people to exist and what that says to them at any age of any identity, orientation, race. Um, and really <laughs> It feels like I mean, there are these, these states are, are at the forefront of it. I mean, Arkansas is one of them, Tennessee, and then Florida. Florida just seems to lead the way for, you know, for all bigotry. And then, of course, our home state, Emerson, Texas, is always yeah. in there. And, and lately, Arizona. It's like yeah. Arizona is so anti-gay. And I never thought of that. As, I never thought about that with Arizona until just recently with this election. But last week, the Arizona... Uh, legislature passed a bill to require per parental permission before any school discussion of LGBTQ people or HIV. It would require a double opt-in for sex ed and then also for mentions of LGBTQ people. It's like, they, you know, it's about the don't say gay bill back in the day with Stacey mm -hmm. Campbell in Tennessee. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I just, um, I just got so upset. I just swallowed wrong. Uh, so it, um, uh, it, it includes any instruction that mentions sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. Schools have also, uh, have, they also have to make any instruction about LGBTQ people available so that parents, they get a big old warning, two weeks to review it before giving their, their, their permission for their children to hear it. Uh, Democratic lawmakers said it's like the state's no promo homo law that it was forced to repeal that banned sex education that portrays homosexuality as a positive alternative lifestyle, y'all, because it is, or suggests that some methods of sex are safe methods of homosexual sex. Uh, Representative Jacqueline Parker said, no rights are being denied to any group of people. She compared it to an R-rated movie, which also requires parental permission in the state. Oh. Jacqueline, Jacqueline. She literally just said LGBTQ people existing, acknowledging our existence is like a rated R movie. It's like that old thing of like, you can murder 74 people and figure your way down to a lower reading or something, but you know, you show a boob and it's instant rated R. Exactly. Like, like 
But, but and, and this isn't just healthcare, y'all. It's like you, you mention us in a history book and acknowledge that where there's an LGBTQ aspect to that person, those parents get two weeks to review the material. Can you imagine what they sent back? You know, it's so when you talk about the R rating and everything, I just realized something that it's a little trivia for people. When we went to the ratings board for Sorted Lives, it was instantly rated X because of the one scene with the guys coming penis. out seven penises on the stages at once. And so we had to decide whether to release it as no rating. So if you look on Sorted Lives, there is no rating. It uh -huh. has no rating. It's NC whatever. Um, no rating. NR. This is what they put on those. NR. No rating. No rating. NR. Yeah, it's an NR movie. So, and you know how foul it is. It's just filthy, dirty. It's just awful. Just awful yep. smut. Well, you know, of course, it's also good old-fashioned misogyny, right? Men running industries and men saying things that you can show boobs all day long, but you show a flaccid penis and it's a rated X. I mean, I get it because they're really sort of sad. You know, until it gets going, what's there to look at? I know, but I'd rather them get going than to just be there all... Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? I know that like my crazy de sexual development journey being stunted and confused and weird and whatever, I still get the like, <gasps> when a penis pops up in some like HBO show or something. Oh, and I have God. seen so many. I have seen so many. And it's still like, <gasps> you do this and you just stop it. You just screen, you know, where you stop the screen there for a second. Well, uh, now I laugh too because there's so many like ways that it's like to show it like so you know it's you get a little side or it's like in the in the shadow or it's like as they turn in the shower and you see like half a shaft like the bonkers camera choreography we go to to be like oh, a little bit of penis but not too much you know we don't want to weird it, weird anybody out or get anybody too excited where well, all we have to do is go to Pornhub and get eleven at a time I know, and you can see so many but there's something. But that shows how weird we are about the naked human body, that it's like in any context besides porn, it's like, ooh, ooh. And it's like, if we just didn't do that, if we just did not do that, people would be so much less fucked up about sexuality. But I mean, I mean, you know, I follow you on Instagram. Emerson, if I was, if I had your body, I just, I'd never get, I just would never wear clothes. I'd just walk around here in front of my windows and wave to the neighbors. Like that woman, that woman down the street when it, we had that heat wave and I was walking the dogs one day and she's standing in the window with a big fan blowing and she's completely naked. And I was, oh, and she said, I'm sorry, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. You know, right where you go in the little path? It was that. Yes. It was that one. Yes. Well, because it's also, you know, it would be less weird if we just made it less weird. You know, it's like it's only weird because we act like it is. Like bodies are funny. But, you know, if we just treated it like all the shapes and sizes and colors and who cares? Because genuinely, obviously, because I'm thin, you know, there's a special that's treated special in our culture. And I get people say, I wish I, you know, could wear my Speedo like you. Of course, it's easy for me to say, very thin, just wear what you want. But really, if we made it less weird, everybody, if you feel most comfortable in a caftan turtleneck from neck to toes, wear that. But if you want to do something else, there should be the room for you to do it and not be worrying about what anybody says and it not be weird. And if you got floppy titties, if you got a high titties, if you got a weird thumb penis, if you got a big old to your knees, like it just shouldn't matter. I was half tans that you're talking about are those are, are those moo moo kind of things. I was like, 
did the other day I was watching, I'm finally binging Transparent. I never saw it. And I, I watched 10 episodes the other day. And uh, I was thinking when Jeffrey Tambor's wearing those, those sort of Carol Cook from, uh -huh. uh, I should have kept those Carol Cook moo-moos. I could yes. have around in those. It's, they look real comfortable. Yes. Love a moo-moo. Todd says, I'm offended because the state I live in is shaped like a penis. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, what, is that Florida? Of course it is. What other state is shaped like a penis? Colorado? I don't know. Connecticut? And Ken said, and it's such an American thing. Most Europeans don't even think about it. And that's the thing is it's like it really is our culture. You know, there's certainly different cultures all around the world. But the fact that it doesn't exist everywhere, it's a thing we learn, a thing we continue to teach each other. And if we stop doing that and just let the body be what the body is. I remember visiting the Canary Islands with my ex-husband, Jason, and we we decided, oh, we're going to go to the nude beach and uh, the gay nude beach. And so, you you know, the, the, you have all these maps and things. Uh -huh. So we're trudging along in our, you know, in our clothes at this point. And we passed the straight nude beach. And I, I saw this this family and there was a grandmother just with the biggest saggiest titties on the on this real tan and uh -huh. then the father was playing catch with the daughter and the son and i'm like and then for, for a minute it was jarring it really was and then i thought hmm this is the way it should be this right. is the way. there were no there was no issues none right we well, it's also a rabbit hole of nudity. Well, you know, look, it's because it's like only associated with sexuality and then taught that like sexuality is dirty or there's limits on it and rules about it. It's all those things go together because that shouldn't be. It's like if people, we're just at the beach and having a naked day, nobody's getting tan lines. It's only weird. If well, just, it's weird. After everybody's vaccinated, I just might start having clothing optional brunches. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Just introduce that. Also, but y'all, since our culture isn't there, don't spring it on people without them knowing. Yeah, don't go to Ralph's or the H-E-B if you're in the South or the Piggly Wiggly and say, it's time for me to be naked in aisle five. Don't do that. Uh-uh. Patrick clarified it's a Golden Girls joke. I thought it was in the shape of Florida about a penis. Yes. All right. Well, some fun merch news I just wanted to share, you know, to keep uh, some range and balance on our show here. Uh, of course, we've been celebrating the uh, victory of Lil Nas X running up to the number one on the charts and laughing in the face of some bigots. Well, he's introduced a new t-shirt lines and they are hilarious. Uh, they are from designer Pizza Slime, laughing at the controversy. And one says, I love Jesus. And that one part in the Montero music video by Lil Nas X when he gets nasty with the devil because it was a cool form of self-expression and art. So it's a mouthful. And then the other says, I watched the Montero video by Lil Nas X and all I got was this lousy shirt. And now I'm also gay and love Satan. <laughs> I just love how he just yes, flinging it, flinging it, flinging it. They retail for $33. You can get either one at lilnasxstore.com. So if you feel so inspired to irritate the people at the Piggly Wiggly, get yourself one and wear it around. And also in other news, uh, Funko has just introduced a new pop figure of John Waters holding a pink flamingo in honor of his film. And it's only $10.99. You can pre-order it available now to ship in June. Uh, Water said of the call on the call uh, of the call, he said, you have to be really kind of weirdly well known 
for it to even be for it to even be asked. So I was thrilled. And you know, I, I looked like a cartoon anyway, so it wasn't hard for me to imagine it. He's happy with it too, saying, I love how it looks. They all look exactly the same. They all have the same shaped head. You can't be skinny or fat or anything. You just have to have something that is very much representative of who you are. And my mustache obviously got me the job. So at first he wasn't sure about the pink flamingo. And then he said, I thought that at first, but I thought, oh God, I'm so weary of that. But it does instantly identify it. And I completely understand that what the figure holds is supposed to be one thing that sums up your entire image. So I think it was pretty wise to put it in there. Now I put this in because it made me think, because I got it that he was like, oh, Pink Flamingo, it's so long ago. I've done so much other stuff. Um, so I have a question for you and for all of our sorted fan viewers, because I was thinking if they made a pop Funko of you, what would be the sorted reference to put on, you know, because of course it'd be your glasses, probably a plaid shirt. Um, but what sort of sorted reference, like his Plink Flamingo, what do you all watching live think Dell's would go on Dell's Pop Funko? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, the things that come to mind would be, me, you know, a red bra or uh, possibly, you know, the lipstick was a big deal or the lips with uh -huh. uh -huh. the, the O in sorted lives or perhaps, you know, me carrying Brother Boy's wig. I don't know. Those are the That's three. A good one. What do you all think? I was thinking, yes, I had thought of that. Holding a wig with the Tammy hair. Um, I also thought uh, wooden legs flung over my shoulder. My good one. Yes. I also thought having a whole because if you held the wig, you could also have the rubber band around your wrist. Oh, I like that. Uh, somebody said a bottle of Valium or a trailer. Yeah. Now we're gonna get into those. They said. Peggy's coffin fur. You could have that fur over one shoulder. Oh, oh, yeah. That's Bob's true. Brother Boy's wig, bottle of Valium. Oh, Jig said 3209 worth of cigarettes. Yes, that's a good one. Now, uh, it would be great. What about a rubber band? Me pop in a rubber band. Uh-huh. Did you listen when I just said that? Did you say that? I said a rubber band holding that wig. Uh -oh. You went, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, the gardeners have arrived and I'm petrified that they're just going to start going in any second. I don't know why they started coming on Tuesday. Rude. Kim did say a red bra or a frame picture of Tammy Wynette. I like uh, that. Rosemary said a feather boa. So I feel like there's lots of good options, but I thought it was fun. I was like, oh yeah, you're having like a plethora of like knickknack knick props. You do love a prop. Oh, Would I love a prop. I do love a prop. And Johnny Hartman said, and dragon a dead goat. While doing a string trick. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, we're just going to get it all into this one. Could, you know, or, or smoking a cigarette and holding a beer like poor old Juanita. Yeah, uh, yes. All of the paces. I just thought that was fun. You should get one. Um, and then in fun little pride news, uh, Kellogg's is partnering with Glad to release a pride-themed cereal together with pride in stores in May for $4.00. For every purchase, Kellogg's will donate $3 to GLAD. I love that because it's 75% of the price, not some 10% nonsense. But for the donation to occur, and this is really important, you must upload a copy of your receipt to kelloggsfamilyrewards.com. So you have to do the work for the donation to happen. The rainbow variety, heart-shaped cereal, and edible glitter. The box has got all the cereal mascots, Toucan Sam, Tony the Tiger, the Rice Krispie Elves snack, Crackle and pop. You know, 
I feel like Snap's probably the gay one, right? <laughs> well, I don't know, Crackle. Crackle, <laughs> it's tough. Maybe they all are and we didn't know. Snap, Crackle, and Pop. <laughs> I mean, Fruit Loops is sort of gay from the get-go. I mean, that's just, a, that's a given. That's the gay cereal. And spelled wrong, as we pointed that's out. That's right, spelled wrong, and you don't like that. Wow. But, but so, get your box, but it's really important for that huge percentage of the donation to happen, you have to go and upload your receipt. So make sure... Uh, you get it. Ken said, no, it's pop. So it's disagreement. Pop. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe they're just flashy. But noisy cereal. Winky. We knew it was Tinky Winky, but we're not sure if it was Snap, Crackle, or Pop. So yeah. I, I love this next story because I, I, it, when it hit Twitter, I, I was, I thought, oh, God. How many of us have have drunk text or we decided to send some DM or, you know, when I was on, when I was pilling a couple yeah. of weeks back, I was, you know, sending Emerson messages where I would say, period. Emerson, I'm out of surgery, period. So uh -huh. I, uh, I don't remember it, but Lizzo released a TikTok saying, don't drink and DM kids that showed that she had sent a DM to Captain America himself, Chris Evans, consisting of three emojis, a wind blowing emoji, a woman playing basketball and a basketball. Now she didn't explain what that meant, but fans figured it out. It meant shooting her shot with Evans. Now in the video, Lizzo lip synced to uh, audio by uh, Tatiana Mitchell and showed a screenshot of the DM. She lip synced, the reason I'm upset about this one is because I know I'm not going to be able to marry him. And honestly, it hurts me to the core because damn, Papa, he is a rare breed, no comparing like Chris. Then she shared an update that included a screenshot of Evan's response saying, no shame in a drunk DM with a kiss emoji, then God knows I've done worse on this app, LOL, with a facepalm emoji. This was referring to the time that Chris accidentally leaked his own uh, nudes that included his junk on Instagram. And um, I just I love everything about it. I did too. I did too. I thought it was so cute and, and so honest. And, you know, how many of you, I want to know, how many of you have sent uh, a, a drunk text or, or maybe you were on Ambien <laughs> like me. <laughs> Something that you regretted. I, also, I don't think I she like regretted to, it, though. I like to imagine the other side, because you I can't even imagine what Chris Evans' DMs looks like, like how much they're flooded. And he had to scroll and, and saw that from her and was like, oh, I wonder what Lizzo said. And it's just what the that wind that's, I just used that for the fart emoji. So it took me a little bit to figure out what she was trying to say. Shooting her shot. This the, the, her DM was just, I'm shooting my shot. And then she was like, oh, my God. I did DM Chris Evans last night. And his response was, I have done worse. Well, maybe he put his penis out. You know how this came up to me, Emerson, in a very weird way. I went down a rabbit hole because I started, you know, going through all the stuff when he did that, when he leaked that. And then I went to all the Twitters, uh, you know, where... Mark Ruffalo said, hey, bro, you know, we've got Trump in the White House. Don't worry about it. There's, it's not the worst thing that's happened today. And then his brother, Scott Evans, said, hey, I was off of, the, you know, social media yesterday. Did anything happen? And so I followed Scott Evans and he followed me back. So I, I just love yes. that. Michael Harmon said, drunken DMs, welcome here. All right, Michael. You might get one from me. Uh, wait, Jig said, 
I bought my dad 200 chickens once after a dinner party full of great wine. Oh, Jigs, I've heard that story before you told me that. That is, and they all, a bunch of them died, right? Those little chicks, you bought all those little chicks. Well, that took a dark turn. Rob said <laughs> I made drunk phone calls last Wednesday night after Shadow passed away. I drank half bottle of Jim Bean. It was a big bottle. No, I just appreciated the, like her just sharing. You know that she shared after she'd already gotten the response. She was like, here, I bet I can do my two. I wonder, right? If yeah. she shared the first one before he'd responded and that's how he found out about it to go look for it. It could be. You yeah. know, because I don't imagine, I just don't see Chris Evans responding to me if I were to send him. One. Well, but, but you know, you do, when you have to verify, those do come up first for you. On Instagram? I think so. I think you I could don't. see, they don't? Uh-uh, they're just sorted by primary and regular. Oh, I know that. That mixes me up. It's confusing. The um. Well, I just thought it was delightful. And this last little thing, I just enjoyed so much. Uh, Harry Styles, a photo shoot of him dressed as Ariel was released the other day. It was uh, from a 2019 SNL shoot. And for our audio later listeners on iTunes and Google and whatnot, hello. It's a photo of Harry Styles dressed as Ariel, tattoo bra, I mean, Shells bra and everything, his tattoos out, chain smoking and champagne drinking. Um, again, it was funny because it was reported last year he turned down the role of Prince Eric in the live action because of scheduling conflicts. He wished them all very well. And he has a mermaid tattoo on his forearm and said in a 2014 interview about the reason, I am a mermaid. And I gotta be honest, Harriel Styles does it for me. Yeah, it's a great I mean, it this it does. You know, The Little Mermaid was very important in my adolescence. Um, I still love all of it so much. And I'm like, this version of Ariel, I see it. I, it <laughs> Ariel's flashy cousin. Uh, uh -huh. well, you know, because she's got all those sisters, Atina, Adela, Alana, Aquana. Um, so this is from like a little further out. What's, what's the trailer park section of the under the sea world. <laughs> yes, it's like somewhere between Triton's kingdom and Ursula's lair is the little underwater trailer park where Harriel Styles lives. <laughs> I just always admire him for just bending, you know, with his, it, it's great. He, yeah. he, he doesn't give a fuck. I enjoy that there's such a joy to like, this is the mood I'm in. Uh, I feel like he was the one that a while back also was wearing a shirt that just said, but daddy, I love him. That's like Ariel's response to Triton about Eric. But Daddy, I love him. Yeah. Uh, and it just made me smile. Oh, Rob, Eric got sorted under the seas. Yes, it'd be the sorted, the sorted section uh, in under the sea. Gracie, don't make me come over there. Oh, she's got thoughts. <laughs> she's um, out of gardeners. Before we go, y'all, Friday, we haven't had a guest in a long time, and I'm really excited. We are having a special guest. Paul Southwick is the director of the Religious Exemption Accountability Project that we talked about the other day, last last time, uh, that's suing on behalf of LGBTQ students at Christian colleges and universities. He's going to come talk about the lawsuit, what their organization is doing, and uh, I'm really excited. So make sure you join us live if you have any questions for him. And of course, once again, Thank you to those who tune in live. Uh, please subscribe, write us a review somewhere, iTunes, Amazon, uh, it helps. And if you wanna send us a tip once more, you can do that on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. And we appreciate you.
to have and do on a continuous basis. It makes us happy. And uh, we appreciate you. And today is a special day. And we are glad that we got to share it with you. So, yeah. Wow. And, it's a, and it's a big day. And check on the Black people you're close to. Don't do that weird thing where you reach out to some Black friend from high school or college you hadn't talked to in forever. But, you know, as as, as much as there is for our country, uh, it's, it's very specifically different for Black people uh, today and right now. So check on the ones that you love and care about as we do the work to move us onward. Sorry about the dogs, y'all. Um, all oh, right. They just provide atmosphere. You know, it's great for our audio only listeners. Yeah. Dell has three little bitches and we always have to compete if there's anything going on outside. Y'all be good to yourselves and we will see you very, very soon. Yes, and our good friend Debbie Holiday is live in an hour. So go over oh, to awesome. Facebook. Awesome. Yeah, watch Debbie Holiday. I just talked to her earlier today. Uh, when the, we were talking, I, she was on the treadmill when I said, get to your apartment. Go. The verdict is in. All right. Bye, y'all. We'll see you Friday. All right. We'll see y'all Friday. Bye-bye.